Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Episode 69 of Their Pitch will also be the last. At least for now. We want to give a massive shout out and a big thank you to all our guests, our listeners and those who have helped us along the way. We have loved every minute of this journey and with already a massive lineup that has been put together with each one of our guests, we want to finish with a screamer. Therefore, we proudly present our last episode guest, Anja Mittak, a German legend with a legacy as a former player, but still very active in order to develop women's football further. Mittag announced her retirement in 2019, and when she did, she could look back at a very successful career where she had won a lot of titles, both with the German national team and her club teams. In this episode, she talks about her career as a footballer, what she sees happening right now, and what the future can look like. For the last time, you are listening to their pitch and this is episode 69, the Anja Mittag episode. Welcome back to a new episode, and unlike any other week, we will not be back next week. This is uh, the last episode until further ado, and we figured we would go out with a bang and invite Anja Mittag on the podcast. Welcome, Anja. How are you doing? Hello. Uh, I'm good. Um, thanks for having me here. I'm, uh, like I said before, a little bit disappointed, but uh, I'm happy to be, be here and joining you. Yeah, we're, we're super excited as well. And I, I did say we did talk before we started the recording and we talked a little bit about my German pronunciation about your club team. You're going to have to correct me on, on the club team again, but I, I I think we start with your full name. Uh, now I have to say my name, right? Yeah, now you have to say your name. Anja Mittag. Anja Mittag. Yeah, that's good. That's excellent. Actually, I'm so proud of that. <laughs> Um, Anya, I did also warn you that we do have a quote from somebody who knows you very well. Uh, so I will read it, and you're going to have to guess who it is. Mm -hmm. it goes, Anya, 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 where can I begin? We were never meant to be close on our off, on or off the pitch. I mean, you were arguably the best technical striker in the world, and I was, well, the complete opposite of that. Not to mention where you grew up compared to where I did. However, many years later, you are still stuck with me. We have found ourselves being our biggest fans on the other side of this beautiful game. And well, 
you still find a way to inspire me, even as you did all those years ago. I'm proud of you, friend, and I can't wait for our next 10 second hug. <laughs> Who do you think that is? Yeah, just, oh, I was in between. I was changing my, my, my guess and I was like, no, it's her. No, it's her. But the last thing you said with the 10 second hug, it's Ella Massa. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's and my response to, to this quote, actually, when I got it from Ella was, there always seems to be a conversation about hugs with Anya, because if I'm not mistaken, that you did the quote for Nadine Kessler, which was also, it also had a part about a hug in it, a yeah. sweaty hug this time. Yeah. What's it's, up with you and hugs? Yeah, I don't know. Some people think I don't like giving hugs, but it's actually, it's fine if I, people really like you know, then, then it's okay for me. But I don't know. It's this German, German thing. If you haven't seen people for a long time and you met again, for example, and when we did in the national team, you know, and then you start hugging. And I was like, wait, you know, it's, it's weird. You know, then I'd rather have it like in friends that you give a kiss on the left on the right side, you know, because everyone does it. But uh, yeah, that's maybe, but now I really, really love to hug Ella. Uh, it's it's our thing now, yeah. For ten seconds, or even more, I open, I open for it. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic, I love it because that's what that was my initial reaction. Literally, what is the deal with Anya and hugs? <laughs> <laughs> it was the theme of everything. Okay, so Anya, speaking about you know the national teams uh, going back and going in, you know how was it for you the first time you got called up? Oh, it was. Oh, I was really shocked because I think I got called in because someone was injured. Um, so I, I never even thought about it. I don't know. I think I was 18 or something. Uh, so I got the call. Uh, yeah. And I was totally nervous. And at this time, I think there was the German head coach, uh, Tina Teunemeyer. Um, I think she stopped 2005. And then Sylvia Knight took over and, uh, she was hard on me at this tournament, uh, at this camp. And she was even like, I had to wear my t-shirt into the trousers. She really, was yeah really like one time I had to come back to her I was in the bus we were going to the game so I went to the back and then she was calling me to the front I was like Anya can you come to the front and I was like okay so then she told me I have to stuck in my t-shirt in my t-shirt into the trousers and I was like what where where am I you know so it was it was interesting it sounds like a German thing yeah at this time it was you know but after I got a little bit more more chill but yeah it was the discipline, at least. How was it for you to come in as a young, you know, talent and be on that national team? Oh, it was insane. I like just when you think about the quality we had at this time, like with Birgit Prinz, Renata Lingo, uh, Steffi Jones, Sandra Miller. Oh, I, I can keep on, you know, uh, saying the names. Uh, I, yeah, I was enjoying it. And uh, oh, yeah, I had respect. I wasn't like that. I looked up to the players, but I still, uh, I, I learned a lot, especially from Birgit Prince. I mean, she was outstanding and uh, was the key of success for many years for us, for sure. And you've won a lot of football games with um, with Germany, even, even titles, uh, championships. Uh, how is it for you to, you know, how is it in that, in those moments, you know, when you really win something, and to do that representing your country. How is that? Oh, no, it's, I think it's hard to describe. Uh, it's you're just to, to be on a tournament, to represent your country in a tournament, and then even get that far to a final, to a semifinal, to everything, and in the end, win it and lift the trophy. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, 
I mean, there's so much hard work in it, you know, and like when you come to the end and you, you finally made it and it's like you, you can enjoy with which incredible players you had the joy to play with or along, you know, so yeah, sometimes you, you look back and just like think, okay, wow, uh, it's insane what you, what you achieved. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's interesting to see, you know, and talk to elite athletes about, you know, representing their country and winning because it must feel different doing it for a country compared to club, right? Totally, totally. I mean, you meet the best players uh, in for your country. And it's at this time uh, when we were winning that much, it was, yeah, also to, because of that players we had in this individual quality. We, we have to say, um, so I'm, I'm happy, that even it sounds stupid, but I'm happy to be born in Germany for represented, you know, uh, to hit, yeah, the possibility and also was a little bit gifted. Uh, do you have a replica of a trophy that you got to bring home after a championship? We got the replica from the World Cup 2007. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they send it home to us like this 10 kilo. Uh, yeah heavy trophy where where is yours where did you put it (laughs) i think my mom and my dad they have it home i actually don't have much uh trophies in my apartment the only thing i kept uh it's the olympic gold medal 2016 when we beat sweden in the final sorry i have to say that But yeah, that's the only one I have. It's okay, because I'm going to counter with whenever I get asked about my favorite football game, somebody asks me, which is your favorite game? I bring up the game against the U.S. in 2015. Ah, okay. The one that you lost, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But it was the game, it was the football game that made me fall in love with football again. Oh, really? So it has that. So it has that kind of sentimental thing. How was uh, how was that game for you? 2015, or should we talk about the good game 2016? And we can talk about both. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think 2015 uh, World Cup 2015 in, in Canada. Um, yeah, we lost the semifinals, and I think we also missed one penalty, and then we lost two oh, yeah. zero to one. Yeah, yeah. Th- I'm not- Celia Sausage must. I think she missed one. Yeah. Yeah, she missed one. Uh, yeah, for me, it just, I mean, in the end, uh, personal, uh, I think it was a really good tournament of myself. I think I end up third best goal scorer or whatever, and it's not often I, it happened to me. So, so sad that as a team, we didn't made it through the final. Um, so that was a little bit, yeah, disappointed. But one year later, also we, yeah, we won the gold medal and also thanks to Sweden which be the USA in the quarterfinals through penalties. I mean, which was nice to get the favorite or the, the favors out of the tournament. Is, is that your favorite championship or is that the favorite medal that you've won? Would you say, or which one ranks the highest? Well, oh, that's hard to tell. Yeah. But I think this is one of the, the highest, even though we haven't played a good tournament. We, we have to say as a team, as a team performance, still we won. Um, but when you think it was my last yeah, tournament, I won something, even though it sounds stupid. But uh, And then it was, we never won a gold medal at the Olympics. And it was, yeah, something Germany never achieved. So that's why it's also a little bit ranked higher for me. Exciting. So how was it for you um, when you quit the national team? How was that decision? Oh, I'm, I'm, I made it 
yeah, um, just to come back, I quit national team 2017 after the Euros in Netherlands. And then even though before the, for the tournaments or after the Olympics 2016, I felt like, okay, we got a new coach after the Olympics. Steffi Jones took over. So I was like, yeah, okay. And she asked me after the Olympics, Hey, do you want to keep on going one more year? And I was like, yeah, I'm in. I would love to. And, uh, yeah, through the preparation for the Euros, I already felt, no, it's, it's done. And you feel it, you know, when it's done and somehow you get not tired of it, but of doing it for so many years. And you've been there, you've done that. And uh, it was nice. I had a great time and it was just time for me to go and awesome awesome motivation wasn't i wouldn't say not the same because it sounds stupid but it's different when you play your first tournament you know so i felt like I'm, it that's that's it i'm i'm over you did mention you know when when you first started out playing with with legends of the game in, in germany um how is it when people consider yourself a legend you know when when young when young players when they, when they're asked who, who do you look look up to and they say well i look up to Anya. How, how do you react to that <laughs> that's, that's strange for me i'm uh, i never got uh yeah used to to that wording you know for me it's um, i would say i'm really humble so that's why i don't, I don't see myself as a legend maybe so um I think I struggled a little bit with that, but still somehow I hope that I was a idol for, for some and maybe I could inspire some people, especially in my region where I grew up and stuff. So, but not that easy, <laughs> but not that bad either. You know, like it's not a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you still get recognized a lot on the streets and stuff? No, no, not, not that much uh, anymore and it never have been much much you know but after tournament sometimes it was of course the attention was much much bigger and higher but now i think it's that yeah if i go and watch uh, rb leipzig men's teams in the stadium then of course it happens when you're around football you know then people recognize you um but otherwise it's not not that much so this is the part of the podcast where we tell the german fans to step it up (laughs) exactly (laughs) Uh, jokes aside, uh, Anio, you also did actually quit your professional career at 35 years old. Did you quit entirely or did you go immediately to Leipzig? No, I, I went to Leipzig before um, because then I played like third division. Um, so and then I was, you know, I can play one more season and have the team to promote to the second Bundesliga. Um which I did one year and then I stepped as I was like, okay, now it's the end. I've finished. I have the team to promote one division up, but then we got so many injuries. So I, then I was like, okay, I can do a comeback and have the team in the second Bundesliga for one season. Um, yeah, but we didn't promote it to the first Bundesliga, but then I, I stopped like at least professional, but now I'm still playing on a low level team, um, like practicing once a week if I have time for that. What was uh, the Leipzig just went up to from Bundesliga? What do you think that means for them? Oh, it's insane. Uh, for, for me, it's yeah, also cool to to see it like from a coaching point of view uh, to also like help the team to promote and not as a player, more as a from a coaching perspective. So um, and also for the club, you can see or tell now how what it means to the club to us players and everything um it took us like now 3 years in a second bundesliga to go up and 
you could see how the players got or developed and like uh, how they got yeah just changed how they changed in a way which is which is really really cool to see that you could follow them for for now for years most of them how how excited is it to take a step back as a player and still be involved and you know getting that promotion and help reach that yeah it, it's cool um yeah also when you maybe uh, f- from a player and then going into or stepping into the coaching career it's like really you underestimate how much work is a coach doing actually and how much work yeah does it take and uh, because as a player you come to the field and then there are some cones and then you feel like oh, okay what are we doing oh there's a red and a blue cone does it mean anything yeah well, i don't care oh why are we doing this uh, position game or why do we play this uh, rondo you know okay yeah let's do it you know oh, we score a goal okay let's score a goal you know, and now you you understand there's all there's a meaning behind the, there's a, a match plan you want to follow and uh, how the opponent is play. You know, there's yeah much things for me to learn as well, which is which is cool and to see both sides. You know, I think as a I wish now from this perspective that I as a player maybe played more uh, paid more attention to this like I do now. But of course, much easier to say now. Yeah. Um, before I let you go to the tactical analysis part, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you were a part of FC Rosengård, which, you know, is in the highest division in Sweden, Dalmatsvenskan. They've won the most titles and everybody knows that. Um, how much, like, how much do you still look at their games? Because as of now, they, they haven't won a single game, these three first games this season. I know. I, I follow them a lot, of course. Um, yeah. Also still in touch with Therese Hulgrand sometimes to, yeah, just to ask how it's going and stuff like that, you know, and sometimes we talk about players and, um, yeah, so of course I, I follow and I'm, I'm a little bit sad how they start their season, of course. And, uh, so I hope they, they will find a, a good direction for the rest of the season. Um, but yeah. Follow them a lot because there is a talk about, and you must know this from your time. There, whenever people talk about, you know, FC Rosengård, there is always talks about the win. The winner mentality is literally in the walls. This is a team that's supposed to win. They're supposed to win the titles. They're supposed to win the games. Was that something you experienced as well during your time? Yeah, I mean, I didn't feel pressure, pressure to win it because I mean, we all, the players we had, we all, everyone wanted to win every game and we had the quality to win it, you know, but I never started the season like they did now because I think it's much, much harder for most of the players to get out of this mentally as well. Because when you read the newspapers, something players say, yeah, well, I don't know, we, we practicing good and, you know, we don't know why we play like this or what's the reason. So that's, it's interesting and maybe, yeah, uh, challenging for, for most of the players to, to get out of this dark. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Period. Or I don't know how you want to call it. So, um, but I never felt the pressure in, um, to win every, every time. We're going to end on what would you say is your best advice to getting out of a dark time, like within football? Uh, yeah. First on, yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Uh, it's, maybe it's just sometimes the basics. Uh, going back to, to, to the basic focus, focus on the easy things, you know, and then it's, it's also a mentality um, thing to, to work hard because as you see, maybe if you meet a team which is also in the bottom or you know in a bad period you see like how they don't have this fighting spirit anymore because they feel like oh no we you know we got a goal again you know and that's something a passion you have to unlock again or lock no unlock so and that's that's just in yourself and it's hard it's really hard and um so i'm i'm but I'm, I'm, i think they still they will manage it if we talk about Rosengart now they they will i'm sure with that being said, Anya, thank you so much. We're going to move on to the tactical analysis part. Which I'm going to start with today by asking you a question that I've been thinking about asking many guests we have, have had on the podcast. But since this is going to be the last episode, we are going to record for now, perhaps. Um I'm I'm curious to know um during your active years and you still see what questions footballers get within the women's game today what question question do you wish that you would have been asked when you were active as a professional footballer but never get the chance to answer wow that's <laughs> oh now you surprised me <laughs> sorry oh, um... <laughs> you can think that's oh, fine that's, that's a tough one um because i can name you a lot of questions i go ahead no us, i wouldn't like to that. ask you know or like i got like why do you ask me this you know um but to put it the other way around that's tricky um Okay, let me ask you the question. What what do you wish that we spoke more about when it comes to women's football that we haven't been speaking about in the past mm. and we still don't speak enough about right now? Like just in a personal interview, like you and me, or like one general, you know, because both... Oh, you're come on. You're giving me the goodies here now <laughs> when you ask me these questions back. <laughs> uh, it's hard because right now I feel like I, I mean, I'm a, I, or I was a footballer. And of course I want to talk football. I want to talk about tactics. I want to talk about maybe the opponent or, um, yeah, or these kind of stuff or maybe other players, you know, and I don't want to talk about, uh, politics. Or because this is not the the thing I feel comfortable with, you know, because that's not my my strength. So of course I want to talk what I'm about something what I'm good at. So did I answer it a little bit? Yeah, I think you did. 
sorry about that. It's no, it's a tough one, but maybe I will in the end. Yeah, yeah we can we can come back to up. it if you want. Yeah, but let let's speak football and uh, the position you ended up playing and ended up being very successful in as well. Why did you? Played the position yeah, you played. I, I don't know. It started as I started with the with the boys team, and then I felt like it was more naturally that I uh, pl- play the position higher up and higher up. And then I scored some goals because I think I had a yeah good technique quality at this time, um, which made me maybe better than my uh, teammates, my boys teammates, uh, my team at this time. So uh, that's why I ended up scoring goals, and then it. Got more and more natural, and then um, yeah, I was there up on top, scoring goals. If you were would describe yourself as a football player, um, how would you do that? What were your <sighs> strengths and what were your weaknesses? Now you can give us that because we don't give away <laughs> secrets. Now. That's true. No, I think I was uh, good uh, using my right and my left foot. Um, so I think that made me a little bit unpredictable for scoring goals. And I had maybe different shooting techniques. It was not like, yeah, using this or this side. So um, I think I was a smart player, like more... F- Somehow I would say um, I was like, I don't know the English word, like a fast thinker uh, in my head and I could see things happening, you know, and then sometimes I just followed the instinct or my instinct. So I was more like an instinct. Oh, there could the ball go down. I just go there. Oh, it happened. And then I scored, you know, so um, more something happened like not, uh, how is the word, unconscious, you know. Uh, so that I would say, and I think if I was in a good mood, I was also working good in or hard in, in defense. You know, I could do some slight tackles, which I was known for. Um, uh, what I wasn't good was more like my head thing, using my head, and I scored almost every goal with my feet. So, um, and I wasn't maybe, yeah, my my condition wasn't that good. I would say. Um, but yeah, and I, I didn't like it when it was really aggressive. That wasn't my playing style. So, um, more like technical. I think I was quite technical. Um, yeah, but didn't like, yeah, like a lot of Swedish players did then, like, were really aggressive. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't my type of game. So then they got me, you know. <laughs> I think, uh, the last few years, uh, the women's game have uh, developed a lot. So we're going to talk a little bit about the differences between leagues that you have played in now. Um, but before we do that, if, like, if you can remember when you went out to play a game, because football is a lot about information in beforehand. If you have a certain type of for information, uh, you can make decisions. Um, using that information um, through analyzing the game before and uh, the knowledge about the opponents. And many players say this about the Dahmer-Sanskan when they play here. And I'm I'm quite certain that that is, if we're going to look at other leagues as well, that 
here in Sweden, uh, teams, they know each other very well. But let, let's go back to when you played in the Damalsenskan the first time. Um, what was the difference between the first time and the second time you came here, uh, going out to play a game? What information did you need to know to make good de- decisions out on the pitch as a forward? I think the first time when I came here, we didn't do that, did that much uh, opponents analysis and stuff like that. Um, so for me, it was just like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to meet or play against the German teams anymore. Yeah, finally something else. So I don't know any of these players. Let's go on. You know, I want to do this. So for me, it was like, yeah, I enjoyed it, you know. And of course, when you came back for the second time, it was like, okay, now I know the players. Uh, I know how Christian start play, for example. I know how Lin Shipping play, you know. And we did more like opponents analysis and stuff like this, and which was good. I, I liked, you know. It was, it was more like I, I knew what I, what I had to do, what I got into, you know. So uh, and now in Leipzig, I'm responsible for the opponents analy- analysis too right now. So I know what, what it means and what kind of work you put into and like how to, to see the weaknesses and the strengths from the other team. And, um, so it's also interesting to see it from that point of, of view. But, uh, yeah. Is it that what you also think? Because you were like, yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah. Because we, I mean, with, with the information, you can, you can make your opponent weaker, uh, in beforehand. Uh, it's like the more you know, uh, the more advantage you have um, over your opponent. But since you do analysis today, what's what's your favorite football metric to look at, and what do you, what metric do you think is the most one of the most important to really dive deep into to get uh, these advantages? advantages that we are talking about yeah i think for me most interesting is is like how they play or both like like the, a team play without having a ball you know because they're it's the second bundesliga you know but you can see there are a lot of teams doing this man marking thing now i don't know if there's a trend going back to it you know and i don't know how it is in sweden right now but this is like also really tough to play against uh, because you need much more movements and stuff like this and also found, also find solutions, you know, and it demands much, much more, more work from you as a team. So this is kind of interesting and also to see how different teams play or maybe sometimes not that much difference from each other because, I mean, it's not like that the game in women's football, at least on this level, you know, um, yeah, so that's interesting. And sometimes you also see, like, okay, you see this team and you feel like, okay, yeah, we will beat them. You know, they're not that strong. And you look two, three games, you know, and like, no, that's fine. And then they play totally different. You know, like, oh, we didn't expect that they, you know, come out, come out like this, you know. So it's always a learning, um, yeah, which is, which is, makes me learn as well and which is interesting. You get the impression, or, or let me put it this way, you got the impression during the, like 2010 and onwards, I think till 2020, that if you have played football in Sweden, uh, the step to the Frauen Bundesliga was like the next step, if you know what I mean. 
So you, you came to Sweden and then you played here because it was considered as one of the best leagues in the world back then. And then the next step was the Frauen Bundesliga. Can you, can you tell our listeners about the differences you experienced? Because you, you first played obviously in Germany because you're from Germany and then you came to Sweden and then you went back to Germany and then you came to Sweden again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, for me, it was like this, the Swedish type of play is like they're almost everyone is really. Uh, have a good knowledge about tactical. I don't know if like they get to know it like in already in the youth or they focus so much on systems and how we're going to play this and this. And, uh, um, that was really surprising me for Lee for me because, uh, yeah, it was good. And then they were like really not, I wouldn't say aggressive, but more like tough to meet, you know, like, and they're doing it now. It makes sense because they do a lot of strength, you know, uh, like we haven't done in the Bundesliga or. At least at my team, you know. So this was, uh, yeah, interesting for me. Um, but I think in overall, the Germans at this time were more technical, had a better outbuilding. Uh, I don't know the English word. Education. Education, exactly. So they were a little bit better in this way. Um, but when I look at the Swedish players now, like when you look at the national team, it got also they developed much, much better in this uh yeah technical ability you still see some players but uh, overall again much much better which is cool to see um so yeah that was that was interesting and that yeah for me when i came in like you know we went into the halftime in a game and then the coach yeah started asking me like anya what do you think about the system how can we do and i was like why do i have to ask this you know like it was like <laughs> do, do i have something to say that was incredible, incredible learning for me that I also have a voice, you know, because in Germany, when I grew up, it was like, we do this, we do this. Yeah. this, You know, like the, maybe it's like how we say about the Germans, but yeah. So this was really good, a really interesting experience for me. And I never missed that. Yeah, for sure. And during your career, uh, what coach do you think has been the best at getting the best out of your abilities? And a pl- as a player, and why? Yeah, I think when I came to Sweden, uh, yeah, Jonas Edevall was, I have to say, still one of the best coaches I had. And uh, I think at Sweden, uh, when I was in Sweden, I yeah, I developed as a player a lot because I was really tired in Germany, tired of of yeah, the rhythm, the playing, you know. And then I came to Sweden, and I had a coach who was like. Yeah, like I said before, like asking questions and like also make me think. And um, I could, yeah, I don't know, somehow I could be myself and developed at the same time. And then we also had a, a forward coach, you know, in, in Sweden, and uh, which was so interesting. And um, yeah, I think he, he, he was one of the best uh, at the time. And I think it's always hard to find a coach or to have a coach, or at least in my career, who was good tactical. And had good social skills, and for me, he had he had both things. Uh, no, I mean, I I don't know how he's right now, but at this time, this was really impressive for can, me. Can you? I, I'm going to ask you a following following uh, question on that. Now, do you watch Arsenal play any games today? Uh, no, I I watched a little bit for 
Oh, did they play against Bayern? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bayern Munich, Munich. Yeah, I watched a little bit that game, but uh, not that much regular, no. Did you see anything uh, from what you say said about Jonas Edeval? It's from how Arsenal played against Bayern Munich. No, it's, I mean, it, I think they were really impressive how they played, especially, I think it was the first game, uh, second half, how they destroyed Bayern. This was really, uh, yeah, cool to see how brave he was as with his team. And, uh, yeah, Bayern didn't have almost any chance. So, yeah, this was cool to see. And, uh, I mean, now he have a different players. Of course, he, he can choose from. Um, and he developed as well. But this was, that was, I was, I was, I have to say, I was really happy for him. Yeah. Looking at, um, both players that have been, that have been active, uh, when you played and players that, uh, are active now in the position you play, played, um, what player do you think that you would have been inspired by in terms of style of play if you played now? Would I have played, if I imagine myself playing together with this person? Oh, there would be a few. <laughs> oh, I think I would have enjoyed also playing with Kim Little now talking about Arsenal. Uh, also, Jelena Shankovic, Kankovic from now she's playing at Chelsea. Um, we missed a little bit uh, in our timing because I left Rosengard and she came. Um, I mean, I think also Putea from Barcelona. Or, or, yeah, especially just playing in this Barcelona team would be awesome. Wow. Um, Penela Harder, even though we got to, we played in Wolfsburg like two, three months together, uh, would be, oh, there. There are a few offensive players. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, like you said, you named a few, uh, insane players, uh, that you played with in the German national team as well. Um, so I think it's quite, you know, just, uh, you find inspiration from the fact that that the women's game uh, is where it is today, but also the history from it uh, and the legacy we take with us into the next decade, um, perhaps. But would you say that with your knowledge uh, as a player from your career, do you think that what you do today for Leipzig is this is a stupid question because obvi obviously it is but do you think that your career as a player helped the player uh, the players that you work with today with the analysis and everything around it yeah I would I think I would say even though it's hard to say you know but I think Somehow, and maybe that's natural. Players maybe respect you more when you played on the top and you've been a woman yourself. Uh, compared now, it shouldn't sound stupid, you know, but it's different when you when you're in the same body, you know, and you've been there and you know there's a player who's been there who won that and won this. And I think you had this ultimate of this respect from the beginning. 
but you have to prove it again as well. It's not like, okay, now we listen to everything what Anya said. I mean, somehow it has to make sense as well, of course, you know. Um, um, <laughs> so I think I, I, I think I can help, of course, especially to if, yeah, looking to the offensive players, which is my, my, my favorite, of course. Um, so yeah, I think, um, you can impact some players somehow for sure. When, when you played, what, what made you satisfied with your own performance as a football player apart mm -hmm. from winning a game? Oh, that's an interesting question. Never ever ask me this question. <laughs> really? <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Because as a forward, you often think, yeah, you win the game and you're scoring three goals and you win three zero. Yeah. That's a perfect game, but. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. Sometimes I played bullshit and I scored three goals. We won the game 3-0 and I was like, what the fuck? What did I play? Okay, I got the player of the best or the prize for the best player just because I scored three goals. But uh, hey, did you saw my game? Uh, so I think for me, of course, it was always awesome to score goals and end up uh, at least with one goal if you scored 2-3 or your team was scoring 2-3 goals. But I think for me, it was a good game when I uh, created chances for my team. Uh, I think I worked hard. I got uh, um, balls. I was winning balls back and uh, got transition uh, moments or did assists. I love to do assists, especially in the end uh, of my career when I got older, like over 30, you know, and it got more meaning for me. Um, so when I helped to get players better in somehow, like, or I say, I made a player better and she made me better this was or yeah at least have one two players you really got this magic moments between um yeah this this was fun yeah absolutely did it happen a lot during your career oh yeah there were absolutely there were some moments uh yeah of course it ends when when you win something you know like a tournament or anything or a season which is really really long and uh still you end up like winning the goal scorer and it's after the season of course it's 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 a good season it's no doubt you know it's the it's still great and because as a forward you get everyone yeah measure measures you with the goals you know and sometimes i felt like oh now i'm forward and now they want to see a lot of goals and I, suddenly i don't i stopped scoring and i was like fuck why well, i'm not a defender then no one uh, counts how many goals I scored, you know? So it's always this pressure you make for yourself. And like, or you, it's sometimes I didn't like to be <laughs> forward, but when it was good, it was good. And this is my last question. And this is probably, it, it's a very wide question, but I still, I still want to ask you this because there's not so many years back since you quit playing. And the Swedish league, uh, do you think the way the Swedish league is developing right now, I'm going to use the word developing. What do you, do you think the result we see when, when Swedish teams, uh, and the team that you have played in yourself go, goes out in Europe to compete? is just due to resources or do you see anything else like the style of play, the, the tactics that we have been speaking about? 
is there anything of, of those things that can make a difference for Swedish football to be to still be one of the best leagues? Oh, it's tough. I mean, you, somehow you always lose your best players to the rest of Europe. So, you know, how, how to build a strong league, you know, when you uh, not just even have to compete with England. Uh, now you have to compete with Italy, Germany, uh, USA, uh, just to mention a few, uh, which make it really, really tough. So somehow you need a good education, good coaches on the youth side, uh, a good youth system, a good youth league to develop and get the best, the best out of your players, which is hard because it's not like you have like 50 million people to live in your country. Um, so it's interesting to see the development of Malmö FF, you know, when they, they put in and, uh, yeah, want to make their women's team, you know, stronger and bigger and they follow step by step, even if it takes a long way, uh, on the long road, it's, it's, that's could be a key maybe, um, for, for the next year to come. Yeah. Teams like this coming up and, uh, yeah, and of course you need a success in the in the in Champions League, which is really really tough, really tough. Uh, as you could see in Rosengard, and they still got yeah the best team. But it, I mean, we talked about the the dates and like the season, the, the timing, and I mean they have to play Champions League when they're in the end of the season, and uh, it's it's a disadvantage and it, it's hard for when you play at this time and. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to see how, how the league will develop. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm gonna, uh, I can answer this question from my experience working within marketing. I always think if you're gonna market a product, you have to know your identity. And I think that that is what the Swedish league is missing at the moment. We talk about the things that we don't have more than we talk about the things that identify um, us here and now. Uh, and if we talk about our identity and decide that this is what we are now, we we need to stop to talk about what we have been. We need to talk about who are we now, here and now? And then we're going to have to focus on that. Uh, and then I do think that things will actually settle more. Mm. That's that's my answer to that question. Uh, mm -hmm. I do think I'm going to add uh, this as well, because, and this is not a question, but I do think that that's what the German uh, women's football is doing right now. They've worked uh, last year from the Euros and up till now with their identity. They have um, taken the time to, to learn about the target group they have uh, to, to work with when it comes to the women's game and we can see the result. Like, I know this episode is going to be out and published when this game has been played, but just the fact that um, FC Köln uh, who is on the ninth place uh, at the Frauen Bundesliga table when when we record this 
will host Eintracht uh, Frankfurt and it's 30,000 tickets sold and that will be the new league rep um the new league record uh, for German f- women's football and i think that says something about the way that germany is working with their with their identity and how they ride uh, the waves of uh, the women's game from the whole world right now yeah I, I know what you mean. I, I agree. It still takes also bravery from the, from the clubs to, to do it to, Hey, let's open the, the, the big arena and play a game because it still costs, it costs a lot of money to open it for one game, you know, and, uh, I, I agree. I see how, how things happen and progress in Germany when, when it comes to spectators and also like, next year we get the zone coming in and show every Bundesliga game. It's like, it's a huge step. They increase the, the TV money and uh, stuff like that. Um, it's still slow, but things happening. And that's that, that we want to see for sure. That will be a great way to end uh, this section to go over <laughs> to the listeners question. Amanda usually wants to start. Uh, at this section. So I'm going <laughs> to let her do this for one last time. Yeah. And then oh. I always pick the question that I think, hey, I want to I wanna ask this one. Um, so I'm actually going to do Adam Bateman's question, which is, have you missed out in any way by not playing in the WSL in England, would you say? Oh, oh yeah. I think if I would play at this time, I think I would for sure play it in England. And yeah. Meet with the best players, uh, absolutely. It, it, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm jealous, but I'm happy for every player who got the opportunity. Um, but I think I would would have done the same for sure. And Lucy W, when you decided to quit playing, did you face any challenges going from being a pro footballer to not playing at the highest level? Mm, no, I wouldn't say. More, more like that. I felt like, oh wow, now I can, I can drink a glass of wine on a Saturday evening and not think about the the game next morning, you know. And more like, oh, I can go for a long, long walk one day before the game. I haven't, I don't have to think about if my legs are tired or not, or do I get a good recovery after the game? What should I eat? Uh, No, I enjoyed my time totally after I quit playing. But I think more challenging is like. Working 40 hours or even more as a coach now is, and Amanda, you know, even though you're not a coach, but working a lot of hours, <laughs> uh, is that was, that was challenging to, to see and get to know how much work you have to put in, in football. And it's not, like I said, putting up cones. It's so much organization behind it. Like, okay, which pitch you can play? Oh, we have to send an email here and now this and this. It's, um, so this was challenging in the beginning because in the beginning I lived like more like a, like a player. Like when we got a day off, you know, I didn't, I did my thing. And uh, then my boss like, well, why didn't reach you? And I was like, yeah, but I got off. But yeah, it don't mean you get off, you know? So I want you on your phone, you know, now it's more chill, you know, now I find my rhythm. But uh, yeah, this was challenging. Apple and Pierce wants to know. Why do you think that Germany at an international level has been among among the best all these years? Yeah, we had good quality players. Absolutely. Uh, 
this I have to say, individual class. It, now it's an easy answer, but uh, this type of players we had at this time uh, was insane. I think we had a good tactical game plan, which which worked at this time. Time and we were good technical. Um, yeah, and almost at every position, great players with a good mentality. And um, when you come out of this period, and you know you won this tournament and this tournament, and somehow you get this. Oh, we're going to play Sweden. Yeah, we won against them 10 times. You know, like, okay, now we're going to win 11 times. Even it sounds arrogant, you know, it's, don't get me wrong. But somehow, somehow you have it in the back of your head and it brings you further, you know, to believe in yourself and to believe it as a team uh, that you can win this no matter which opponent you have. Except USA, you know, they were, they were different. But, but don't you think that's uh, that kind of, you say it might be arrogant, but being a professional athlete and, you know, always striving and aiming to be the best, don't you think that's a good mentality to have that, hey, we can beat everyone? Yeah, for sure. If it's more like on a realistic, you know, um, because then it's not, they don't take you, they make fun of you if it's not realistic. You, they, It's not authentic, you know. So I think that's, that's also uh, important um, because I can't have this mentality and to lose every game six one. I think you know what I mean. So, um, because Germans are not like the Americans, that's different. We are not like that, uh, self, uh, I don't know the word. We are different. Yeah. Self absorbed. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> <laughs> the last question from one listener, Alina, um, in terms of attention, uh, both from fans, uh, attendances, and media coverage. Uh, why do you think that the 2016 Olympic gold medal didn't do what the 2022 Euros silver medal did for Germans women's football? I think easy to say. Uh, Olympics, you as female footballers, you don't have the only attention. You share the attention with the 500 other German athletes and not even German. I mean, let's talk about the all the athletes in the world. Uh, there's so many broadcasts and TV and compared to the US, uh, was the only football tournament at this time. We didn't compete with men's games. Uh, it was a perfect time. I mean, we had a different schedule. We, uh, time we played in Brazil. Of course, it didn't came eight in the evening, uh, prime time. Um, and how they played. I think you could see how the Germany team developed and all the teams in the tournament developed and how good they were. Technical, tactical, uh, it was a different level. Even through, if you compare it to the Olympics, totally different. Not totally, but it developed. And uh, I think that was a huge success. Absolutely. Before you are going to go to the this or that with Amanda, I want your prediction of where Germany is going to end up at this summer in the World Cup? <laughs> That's a tough one. I think we make, it, we make it to the quarters, but after that, I'm not sure. I'm not You're sure. not sure. You are not, uh, not sure. uh, self-absorbed that you want to say that you're going to win? Of, of, of course, I think we, 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 we're going to play. I think we, we have a really good team and then we play the good Euros, but it's Still, to to do the same thing again one year later, it's a it's a huge 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 thing. It's it's tough to do it one more time again on this on this level on this. 
yeah, so it's challenging for sure. So I hope for the winning. I hope for everything, but uh, I am not sure. Not sure. But that being said, we're going to move on to the end section, which is the this or that, which is five questions, rapid fire, this or that. So I don't want you to think. I just want an answer. One or the other. All right. Okay. We start with national team or club team. National team. Damar Svenskan or Frauen Bundesliga. Wow. Frauen Bundesliga. When being active, scoring goals or assisting goals. Ah, scoring goals. Winning the Euros, World Cup, and the Olympics or the Champions League. Olympics. On a day off, watch football on TV or Netflix and chill. Watch football on TV. With a glass of wine on a Saturday night. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you were listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was listening. Even though I didn't see you, saw you. So that's, yeah. Um, well, with that being said, Anya, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. We're super excited to have you on. And hopefully we will make our return someday soon. And who knows? Maybe you'll be on again. Yeah. Th- thanks for having me here. And thanks for... Yeah, be your guest on your last episode and hope not it's not going to be the last. So all the best for you. And uh, it was really, really fun to be here. Was, you made it really comfortable for me. So uh, thanks for that. Uh, it was really, really joy to join you.